Good fuck, and hope you had an awesome Shabbos. So yesterday we spoke about one of the many reasons behind the seemingly strange mitzvah of Shemitah, reminding us that in truth, the goal of life is not our work. Although we can sometimes forget that. You know, I remember one time the house ran a dating night with a bunch of young adult singles, and the one rule was you couldn't mention or talk about what your profession was. You know, people found it difficult to start talking but liberating once they realized that their jobs were not what defined them. But while that might be a reason behind the sabbatical year, there is perhaps another important element to this mitzvah as well. You know, one of the most common questions I get is how can we prove that the Torah is true or that God exists? And while this is not the forum to go through what I believe to be really quite simple, in fact, I find it harder not to believe that God exists, to be honest. But for those looking for some, shall we say, permission to believe in God, Shemitah is an amazing place to start. You know, as we said yesterday, the idea of letting the entire land of Israel lay fallow for an entire year wasn't only potentially hazardous to the economy, but to survival itself. I mean, remember, while today we can all go to Metro or whatever food stores in your area and buy any food in any season thanks to our transportation system, back in the day, if your fields didn't produce food, survival was potentially a big issue. So what human being writing this book would possibly dare to tell an entire nation to starve themselves? I mean, let's be honest. If after doing it, the people for the most part starved, what are the chances that they were going to do it again seven years later? And again, and again. And besides, what would the leaders tell the people when they said, okay, it's an interesting idea, but do tell us, what in heaven's sake are we going to eat all year? This had to be a divine mitzvah that comes along with divine protection because the Torah addresses all of that. See, it says in this past week's Parsha as well that if you will not sow or gather your crops, I'll bestow tremendous blessings on your field in the sixth year of the seven-year Shemitah, the year before the shutdown with a crop sufficient for a three-year period, enough to survive for year six, year seven, and even extra for year eight. It's a pretty bold claim to make. What human could possibly come up with such an outlandish promise, which they can't guarantee? So let's play this out. The book tells you, here is what to expect in year six. Like clockwork, your business will triple. Let's say that doesn't happen. Do you know how long the religion will last? Well, very possibly six years, because if that sixth year doesn't produce, you can be pretty sure that the seventh Shemitah cycle is out the window as well. And now, in fact, you've lost faith in the entire book and in the religion as a whole. Why would any religious book take such a gamble unless it wasn't a gamble at all? Because the one, as in Hashem Echad, is the one who wrote it and could and did for centuries deliver on this promise. There were literally hundreds of Shemitah cycles. So let me ask you, if you were a betting person and you witnessed that for hundreds of years, each sixth year tripled its annual produce, as promised in the book, would you say, wow, that was really lucky? Or would it give you a little more reason, a little more permission to say to yourself, hey, you know what? This is something that perhaps only God could pull off. And in that case, if you think this is just a halacha that people kept back in the temple days, hang on, because tomorrow I'll share with you a story about this in the year 1957. It's pretty awesome. So on that note, wishing you an awesome night. I look forward to sharing the story and seeing you tomorrow.